Word of God. Change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Here's our prayer, Lord Jesus, today. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and just tell him you love him, would you? Everybody loves everybody. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. In those Bibles you held up, uh, would you turn to Isaiah 9, 6? That's kind of our anchor verse for the series we're doing. Uh, by way of reminder that this verse describes Jesus 700 years before he was born and gives him a designation and gives him names that he would be called. And each of the names have a description and have a piece of who he is. And the verse says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And then read the rest with me, would you? And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now last Sunday we looked at the significance of who Jesus is as Mighty God. The week before that we talked about Him as the Wonderful Counselor. And then today we're going to look at Him as the Everlasting Father. If you had a father, would you raise your hand? Well, good. I I want to make sure everybody's hand went up. Because if not, there's either... There's a story I'm not aware of, or maybe you're not aware of. So, But uh, most of us will have to claim that we have one. And when you think of father in life, it, it can bring up a lot of different images. Uh, some images are good, some Im- images not so good, but images nevertheless. And I can tell you, as a father myself... I think, and perhaps I'm speaking for most dads here, it is not easy being a dad. It's not. Because we find in ourselves we are far from perfect. Now, I know that's going to surprise some of you that your fathers weren't perfect men. And when you grew up, Perhaps you're able to look back at your father with some wonderful, wonderful memories. And just in, in, it was such a positive thing to, when, when I say father, you, you just really have some great memories of that. But there are others, maybe not so much. And part of the struggle that we have, with our Heavenly Father, with our Eternal Father, is that we tend to project the image that we have or had of our earthly Father onto our Eternal Father. So if we didn't get along with our dad, it's sometimes it's hard to get along with God. I mean, you may have had a dad that didn't take much for him just to blow up, for him to lose his cool, get angry. Might have been a drinker, womanizer. And so it's tough sometimes to see our Heavenly Father in a different way. 
in the way that he really is. Because the images that we have of our earthly fathers affect the way at times we can see our heavenly father, our, our eternal father. But we look at Jesus, our everlasting father, through the lens of our earthly fathers. And if we do that, many of us struggle. Because we may, first of all, see a father who's never satisfied. We may see a father who's never satisfied. You know, the words, I love you, I'm proud of you, uh, maybe you never heard those. I know in my life I didn't. I would have loved to have had my dad say, I love you. I asked my mom one time why he never said that. And her answer wasn't very, very good. But my dad never said that. But oftentimes we want to hear those kind of words and it's kind of like a carrot dangling out in front of us. Just one time would he say, I love you. I'm proud of you. I think you're, I think you're all right. Just once. We covet that. We want that affirmation and that acceptance. We perform. We do grades. We do behavior. We do all of that so that our dads will somehow show us love. Even to the point of being rebellious just to get his attention. You see, sometimes that perspective with our earthly fathers transposes itself over into our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We don't really believe that God is truly satisfied with us, so we try whatever way possible to get Him to love us. So when we're looking at our earthly, our everlasting Father through the lens of our earthly fathers, not only do we maybe see a father who's never satisfied, but we also may see a father who's always angry. Maybe when dad was home and when he would walk in, everybody's on eggshells. Just don't set him off. Just don't get him mad. He says some pretty nasty things. Maybe your dad said, you're not going to amount to much. Maybe your dad even called you a loser. Maybe... Your dad said, we never meant to have you. You were a mistake. And just saying some of those phrases can really stir emotions in you. Statistics tell us that in a number of people this size, sitting in this room today, You've experienced some very painful words of anger from your earthly father. Statistics tell us there are a lot of you sitting here today that have experienced actions of abuse. I read a story as I was preparing for this message about one young lady. When she was a little girl, her father sexually molested her. And while he did that, he would quote Scripture to her, especially Ephesians 6 In verse 1, this says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. That's been your journey. And you're looking through that lens toward Jesus, your Heavenly Father, 
Boy, you get a bad taste in your mouth. I, I can't blame you. And I honestly, truly am so sorry if that's happened to you in your life. When we look at Jesus, we need to see him as our everlasting father through the lens of our earthly father. It gets messed up, but if we look at him in a different way, it can help us. We might even see a father who's never satisfied, a father who's always angry. And if we keep looking through that prism or that lens of our earthly fathers, we might see a father who is seldom there. Seldom there. Maybe as a child you grew up in a, a victim of divorce and all of a sudden dad who was there is now not there. I know I experienced that. Three different times before I was 12, my mother and dad divorced and then she'd go back to him. I never quite got all that. I knew it was a bad day whenever mom said, get in the car. And we'd end up at my grandmother's house. And we'd be there for a long time. And I'd have to go to a different school. And I didn't like that. Except the fact that I got to walk by the August fried pies where they made them. On the way to school. And for 50 cents, I could buy one that was so hot you couldn't hold it in your hand. And man, it was good. I'm not going to lie to you. It was really good. So there were, you know, there's some things that, that work out, but I also went to church. My grandmother made sure that we were at church, whether we wanted to go or not. So see, there are some things that can rise out of badness that can be good long term, but you may have grown up with a father who seldom was there. He missed that first soccer goal. He missed some of the important things. He missed sitting on your bed, if you're a little girl, to put his arm around you and console you when you were crying when your first boyfriend broke up with you. You know, that's important. Dads are very important in those times in your life. But we've all got our own story. And for just a second, I want you to lay that down. And I want you to give Jesus a shot. Just for a second, let's look at Jesus, our eternal Father, not through the lens of our earthly fathers, but through the lens of this. Let's look through Scripture. And let's see our heavenly Father, our eternal Father, our everlasting Father, through the eyes of what Scripture would have us to see. I think you're going to see a different type of everlasting Father. One that you've never seen before. So in your outline, first thing you're going to find as you look at him through the lens of Scripture is that he's an everlasting Father who's compassionate. In Psalm 103.8, we read it just earlier, it says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. See what it said? He's compassionate. Slow to anger. Abounding in love. I find being a grandfather much easier than being a father. For several reasons. And the biggest one is, I don't have to keep them. Misty wants to run out the door. I get to see a side of them. I used to not ever see it, but now I see it. 
And little Braden, I know as hard as you think it is, and hard as it would be to believe, that little dude, he can throw some fits now. But we found the key. Gigi has another car, and Gigi's car has a DVD player in it. And her DVD player has wireless headphones that you can listen to the movie in. When he saw her car, and he was helping me carry stuff to the garage last night, he said, Gigi's car, I sit in Gigi's car. What he meant was, turn the movie on, Gampaw. So now I've got it. If things don't go well, we're going to head to Gigi's car, and I'm going to put a movie in and put some headphones on him. I'll have him good for about an hour and a half. But he's two. Two Two-year-olds don't quite grasp everything. Amen? But he is a lot of fun. A lot different than Kelsey. And we're praying that the new one coming will be more like Kelsey. We are praying. When the uh, technician told Misty it was a boy, we didn't get a, Yoo! <laughs> Having raised three, oh, they're fun. Amen? This too shall pass. But we've got this Heavenly Father who is compassionate. One of the most liberating moments that I have ever experienced in my life was that moment when I came to the realization that there is nothing that I can do to earn God's love. There's nothing I can do. I can read all I want. I can pray all I want. I can lead all I want. None of that's going to affect his ability and amount of love toward me. Because he loves me. Period. I'm going to go even so far as to say, and the elders may, may get on me about this, but I'm going to go on as far as to say, if you never came to church again, if you never read your Bible one more day, if you never even prayed to God for help, it still wouldn't diminish his love for you. Now, you're going to be a loser if you do those other things. You're going to lose out on a lot of blessings in your life. But if you never did any more, God's love for you is never going to change. Ever. And that's exciting, isn't it? In fact, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest in Matthew 11. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am, how? Gentle and humble in heart. And you will find what? Rest in your soul. Wouldn't it be awesome to one day, for just a brief time in that day, find rest? Rest. I found myself yesterday afternoon after our full day up here at the church and getting things ready for today and cleaning up and yada, 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 finding myself going home and propping my chin up in my hand while my eyes were closed and I was in a posture of prayer. (laughs) At least that's what I'm calling it. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Cindy would have a different translation, but we'll not listen to her. Okay. 
God cannot love me any more or any less than He already does. And He said He wants to give us rest. Just rest. Just relax. So when we look at Jesus, our everlasting Father, through the lens of Scripture, we're going to see that He is compassionate, and we're also going to see that He's an everlasting Father who is caring. He cares for us. God's speaking to you and He's speaking to me and I want you to feel this because He's not angry at us. He will never abuse us. He is speaking to us. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Hope and a future. If there's just one thing that you take away from today, make sure it's this. I want you to know that Jesus, your everlasting Father, compassionate, He cares about you, and He has plans for you to give you hope. To give you a future. To even prosper you. Now you may say, stop right there, preacher, because I'm ready for the prospering. Well, prospering may look different to God than it does to us. It may not be about money. May not be about material things. It may simply be coming to a church, walking through and looking at stuff, and finding finding a coat that's going to fit my child to get them through the cold winter. Mm. Or it might be that person who found that piece of lingerie that the volunteers were laughing about so much yesterday. And I'll stop there. That's, that's enough of that. But God is, a, God is ready to prosper us. He's ready to bless us. He is ready to give us more than we could ever hope for. He's not angry with us. He's satisfied with us. He loves us. He cares about us. And when we look at our everlasting Father through the lens of Scripture, we also see that He is an everlasting Father who's always there. Always there. Always. Doesn't matter if you never come to church again, if you never read your Bible again, like I mentioned, if you never even say a prayer again, He's still going to love you. He's always there. In Hebrews chapter 13, I put it in your notes, Jesus is speaking... To both of us, you and me, it's not the word or the opinion of a man's word. It's our everlasting Father when He says, and how does, the, how does that verse start? What's the first word? Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never. Now, what's your definition and my definition and the best definition of the word Never. You know what it is? Never. Yeah, that's it. Never. It's a matter of fact. He will never, ever, never, ever leave us. Always there. Always. You might be sitting here today and life has dealt you a blow after blow after blow and maybe you're bleeding at the knees and you're bleeding at the elbows and nobody sitting around you right now can tell that you're bleeding like that, but you are on the inside. And when you go running and you go screaming and you run and jump in the arms of your everlasting Father, He's not, he's not going to say to you, get away! 
but He's going to whisper in your ear, I'll never, ever leave you. Amen. Amen. And amen. You want peace? He's got it. You want rest? He'll give it. You want hope? He'll pour it on you. Because He says, I'm never going away. Never. So when we look at Jesus as our everlasting Father through the lens of Scripture, we see that He's always there. Even in the midst of our painful past, Jesus was always there waiting for us just to turn our life over, to surrender our life to Christ. And I've known people, and you've known people, and you may be one of those people who's had a horrendous earthly father. You've had a horrendous amount of pain put in your life. And you found Jesus. You found the everlasting Father. And you found the healing. You found the rest. You found the, the, the balm of Gilead. You found that salve that is helping heal those wounds, you see. Because that's the everlasting Father that we know. That's the everlasting Father that we have. And that's the everlasting Father who wants to spend forever with us. So Jesus, our everlasting Father, full of compassion, He cares, and He will never, ever leave us. Father, I ask You this morning to reassure each person that's here of Your love for them. Would You reassure each of us of Your great compassion for us? Would You reveal in our hearts the desire that we have to be Your children. To allow You to be our everlasting Father. And Jesus, I'm so glad that when You came, You didn't come partially. You came wholly. With a W, not with an H. You came complete. You came loving compassionate. You came caring. And You came to never leave us again. So Father, if there's someone here who doesn't have that assurance in their heart, they need to have it before they leave here today. And it's possible for them to get it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.